professionalism standards were typically built on traditional standards of success, highlighting white or Western favoritism in the workplace and have not historically included experiences of marginalized populations in the workplace. So our question today is, is professionalism racist? Project Life Design, a, pro- a podcast about getting inspired, trying things, talking to people, and developing a community for your best life. We're Adri Clark and Justin Sunata from Service Learning and Career Development at Western Oregon University in beautiful Monmouth, Oregon. Justin and I met with Devin Thongdi, who is Wu's ASWU Vice President, and Devin has been an active student on campus, and both outspoken and extremely well-spoken member of our BIPOC mm-hmm. student community. Uh, when we talked, I asked him how SLCD could do better uh, at serving BIPOC <laughs> marginalized communities at Wu, and he said something that really stuck with me. Um, the concept of professionalism is colonial. It refers to a set of behaviors and presentation that favors white people or Western culture. After thinking about after thinking about it for probably about a minute, mm-hmm. uh, as I could totally see what he means by that, and that's what we want to talk about today. So Devin's here today. Welcome, Devin. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Our you for being here today and for being willing to have this conversation about this. A pretty tough topic. So. Our first ever guest on Ooh. the podcast, Project Life Design. <laughs> wow. Thank you for having me here. So, Devin, um, so I wonder, when you hear the word professionalism, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, um, a lot of things, I would say. Uh, I think when when I think of professionalism, you know, there's a certain image, especially when you think of, like, um, a typical job day or a typical Mm -hmm. 9-to-5. And that image, you know, you know, picture it is a individual in a suit a really mm-hmm. nice tailored suit there's a tie they have like high knee socks and they're wearing you know those like really nice shoes mm-hmm. and then the hair is either very like nice and proper short um either gelled or styled to the way where it's out of their face um a briefcase that's like the one of the things i mentioned mm-hmm. i always think of like you know when you think of professionalism <laughs> carrying a briefcase yeah. and then you know, there's also, like, the posture, like, it's, like, straight up and the way they walk. That's what I think of professionalism, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think what comes with that image is that I only picture white individuals. White men, sounds white, like. Yes, white men, you know. And it's this image of, you know, business, a nine-to-five white individual who is dressed up to go to their CEO job. And that's what I think of professionalism, mm. which goes to this hi- um, this understanding of like higher positions, you know, CEO, a president, um, you, know, a, you know, a corporate manager, something like that. <clears throat> but then again, professionalism 
could be in any workforce. It could be in like, you know, when you're working at McDonald's, what's right. professionalism at McDonald's? What's professionalism at um when you're uh working at the LCD, you know, mm-hmm. what's what's professionalism in general? Mm-hmm. But it's that image that's been ingrained in my in my brain and my knowledge since I was like the age of five. Mm-hmm. And when you're watching shows like, you know, Mad Men or um any like officer shows or anything like that, that's the image I always see. Mm-hmm. And it's always stuck with me because I feel like I have to fit that kind of professional image in any aspect. You know, mm-hmm. even if I'm going to apply at a um, fast food place, I have to go in with a business suit and something like that. You know, mm-hmm. even though I'm pretty sure after that, I'm going to wear like their, like they're just polo shirts and everything, you know, and their hats. Right, right. And so it's always stuck to me that that, that image of a white individual is what professional looks like. You know, now to this day, it's not. Mm-hmm. And do you think, um, I think you think that's a pretty common sort of perception of even Uru students feeling like it's something that's, it's not them, it's not what they present, but it's something outside, some individual that's more privileged or more, um, they just don't maybe belong in that kind of, Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think it, it's that it's that sense of belonging. You know? <coughs> I mean, there's there's times where I've noticed where uh, POC um, have a struggle of like, what can I wear that's not going to be like that unconscious bias factor. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when you know, and, and I've talked with a lot of people about like who've done hiring and done stuff like what they look image wise. Yeah. Like, oh, they wore red shoes with this, or like, you know, <laughs> that's not business enough. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, they they wore their heels were like five inches taller. They should be like four inches. And, and I think what it really comes down to is that different ma- practices, different areas, different workplace has what a different idea of professionalism, right? But right. it's still that colonial ideology of it, yeah. mm. no yeah. matter what. Right. Uh, that's how we translate and. What you're describing to is kind of in, in sort of the literature is executive presence, which is a little different from like day to day professionalism. Like right. when I think about when I think about professionalism, I kind of think about if if I was choosing a team for myself, uh, and and I really wanted to accomplish something with that team. Like I really <laughs> wanted us to be successful. At what we do? What are the attributes I'm looking for? And and maybe because I'm white, I don't necessarily think about what they look like, or yeah. you know, I, I I'm mainly thinking about uh, people I've worked with of of all different types of backgrounds who are just mm-hmm. kick ass, you know, <laughs> right, get stuff right, done. Right, mm-hmm. um, and I and that's cool, you know. I, I think that's a great thing that you know that some workplaces are now taking that into consideration, like looking past physical, looking past and all that. Um, but then th- I think there's still this kind of, um, the root of it is that what what is considered professional attribute, professional things that's not racially, um, um, how would I say it? Like not saying targeted, but it's like racially motivated. You yeah. Know, what, in the sense of, let's, let's for example, let's, um, we bring in a white female and a black female mm-hmm. coming in. Mm-hmm. Both presenting, you know, great, you know, experiences, both presenting great things in their resume, all that kind of stuff. They're both doing an interview. Mm-hmm. Then the white female comes off more stronger, 
more yeah. of like you know that's like oh like like they are determined they're they're um self-driven their goal setting is amazing more All assertive that stuff, more assertive yeah. yeah how and you know in the professional world that's amazing you know those are the words we want and that's kind of like that professional terms now let's go to the black individual black female yeah they do the same thing nothing's changed but you know they're more of like they're they're stubborn they're they're hard stuck they're mm. they're bossy aggressive. This and that, aggressive and you know and this goes with like any poc individual yeah. that professional language that professional understanding of what's what's different what's different between in the white female that did the same thing but they were like oh i want that on the team when the black female or a poc individual or anybody like that does the same thing and it's oh they're they're bossy and people are so threatened and, and they threatened. don't know yeah and I think that's where you know when it comes to image when it comes to you know professional attributes professional um, you know the idea of it there's so much underlying racial tones yeah. that comes with it and it's tough because how do how do we as the POC community navigate that yeah. you know when I come into a meeting. And I do what I have to do, you know, more an assertive, more determined thing. I either look, I either get represented as that, or someone's going to be like, "Oh, he's crazy, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's angry, this and that." Right. But when you know a white counterpart comes in, oh my gosh, innovative, beautiful, yeah. right, driven. Next, ne the next CEO, and it's like, I don't know how to navigate that now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't totally know. Why, I don't know how to go about that. Yeah. And so, and then we, it's like we put the onus on the BIPOC person to adjust <coughs> and make us feel comfortable so yes. that, you know, so that they can just have a seat at the table. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can say the same about women. I mean, if you put a, a, a white woman and a white I man together, <laughs> it's, you know, uh, there's a lot of words that are used for women who, right. <laughs> who are, uh, but I think it's magnified. If you are a black woman or um, or any other BIPOC background, because right. then it's just you know, in in their mind, this person is lower than, and who are they to right. rise up like that or right. or feel like they have authority or any kind of privilege? You know, it's just it's and it's all, um, it, it's not. People are not aware of this bias, but it's it's just there mm -hmm. in the in the. Sometimes they are aware of it. Yes, sometimes they're yes. not. You know that it's when we talk about unconscious bias, it is it's hard to not realize it until it, it hits that moment. Yeah, and a lot of recruiters, a lot of job employers, everybody, you know, everyone does have unconscious bias. I will say that, but you know, it affects so much in the workforce it work affects so much in the professional um area life design you know <laughs> when you're, you're thinking about it like i mentioned you know they could have the greatest interview the, the, you know, mm -hmm. the most amazing resume the, you know a surplus of experience right but because you wore red shoes with a blue blouse <laughs> right it's interesting because yeah in the world of hiring it's like you do have a lot of times those situations where it comes down to two candidates, right? Ugh. And on paper, you know, very close, very, you know, both have strong qualifications. And then it's like, what is that 
you know, and, and whether it's an unconscious thing or whether it's conscious, it's like right. there's some, somebody's got to make a decision yeah. at some point. And then you have to ask yourself <laughs> if, if you're the person who is being um, discriminated against, do I want to fight this? Do I want to, uh, you know, see if there's anything I can do to persuade or kind of even you don't necessarily want to sue, but do you want to really see if you can correct those kinds of things? Or do you just say, you know what, I don't want to work for people who can't deal with red shoes. I mean, what? <laughs> I probably will be really miserable there every right. day if, if I'm just not accepted. But at the same time, you know, there are, every day we're, we're expanding the, what's acceptable and what we're comfortable with. Right. And, and of course it's always <laughs> people who are just willing to stick their neck out to, right. to do that. But, and do you want to do that? And that's, that's a lot of responsibility and yeah. unfair. Mm-hmm. But, um, but what do you think about that, Devin? You know, even as a student who's thinking about, you know, you're, you're about to graduate and, and, and you're thinking about kind of, what to go towards? Are you thinking about? Are you looking at employers <coughs> thinking, is this the type of place or grad program or something mm-hmm. that's willing to see me or accept me who, for who I am, where I can be myself? Right, and I, I've taken that into consideration a lot where I decide, you know, because you know, I I, I want to go to a grad program, I want to go to a master's program, any kind of program that is willing to be diverse and is ingrained in diversity and inclusion and wanting to see others succeed you know um my end goal is i would love to be a clinical therapist Mm -hmm. you know and i would love to provide you know free mental health um therapy and all that kind of stuff to bipoc communities and all that very Um, cool thank you and you know and that that's an uphill battle and you know and when i mean uphill i'm i'm still and you know there's like these steps i always see is that one getting to a master's program which then again is a tough thing because there's some there's that underlying professionalism that you have to have, you know, you know, you can't, you know, the, the individuals that are choosing only 36 out of the 400 um, applicants, what's going to stand out to them? You know, is it going to be that extracurriculars you've done? Is it going to be the grades you have? Is it going to be the presenta- pre- presentation of during those <coughs> interviews? Is it going to be that professionalism that you're able to bring into this um, cohort? And so there's that, you know, that step. Professionalism. And, right. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. There we go, right? See, and it's and that's the thing. Is that it's, it's everywhere. You know, no matter what we do, professionalism. Like, I feel like I have to be professional here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, oh, I can just tell you, because I've been in situations where I'm helping, like, select people for a master's program that you are, you have no, nothing to worry about. <laughs> you, you are, you, uh, you have all the qualities. And, um, and. I mean, there may be some programs out there that are not open, but by and large, that is a profession that is way ahead of right. most no, most any other profession because it's it's built on social justice. Yes, so right. that helps, and 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 then there's the other side too, where you hear all these employers and grad schools are like, "Oh, we're looking for diverse applicants," but then somehow maybe they always end up with the the ones that are right. not so diverse because they just seem to fit better, or and that comes down to what is um, what is in the job applicant itself, or what is asking for job applicants. You know, we um, <laughs> I've been in conversations of like, how are we going to get more diverse um, individuals to apply, and we look at the requirements. 
Yeah. And that's where it gets messy. Mm -hmm. And that's where it gets, you know, because you, you know, you, you want to base off the position of whatever with, you know, a certain amount of requirements, certain amount of experience for it to be qualified that position. You know, you, you can't, you can't, you know, for example, you can't be a president of some CEO if you only have a bachelor's. I mean, you could. That's the thing is you could. You could. But it's because we engraved that so much back in the day, you know, where it's like, oh, you have to have like six different degrees if you're going to be a president or a CEO or you need to know marketing. You <coughs> need to know how to, the market works, the stock market, blah, 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 mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And so going back to now today, it's now we're trying to work backwards. You know, yeah. We're trying to undo what we've done in the past. And it's tougher because now it seems like, oh, they're only doing it because they want more diversity. And now it's like this kind of like gray area, this like silver lining of like, oh, this company all of a sudden denied me two years ago because of my skin color. Yeah. Now they're wanting more diverse. Mm -hmm. And are they, is. are people just diverse at the entry level, maybe the mid level? End, right? And then all of a sudden I can't get any further than right. that. Yeah. And you know, I can't move up now. Mm -hmm. And so back to the thing is that, job requirements or um, what they um, require and like um, experience wise is a barrier for um, a lot of um, professional development. Yeah. You know, when you're, you know, let's say let's use Western example. Um, one of the, you know, one of the positions that requires um, at least a bachelor's, you know, many of like the director's positions or yeah. any of like the associate you know, positions. Super common. Yeah. Uh, super <laughs> common, yeah. which is, you know, a great thing. Mm -hmm. But then I think there's some things that kind of come in, and the factor is that, you know, the experience. Now, they say a bachelor's, but, like, seven years of experience in DEI right. work or seven years in this. And I'm like, okay, typically a bachelor's degree you get at 22. Right. And you're expecting me to have seven years of experience, which then I would have to start, like, at the age of 14, potentially, you know. <laughs> age, like, when I'm, like, still trying to figure out what blue and red is. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? it's Some like, DEI child labor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and so... You know, and there's that, but then when you look at other positions, you know, when you're when you're creating new positions, what is going to be part of that requirement? Are we going to require a master's, but then yeah. we lower the experience to like five to six or two years? Or are we going to require a bachelor's, but raise the experience to so 10, 10 years of experience of, of, of uh, working in an organization or anything like that? Mm -hmm. And so that right there is a huge professional barrier in the BIPOC community because... Yeah. Many of us may have that experience, hands down. Mm -hmm. Many of them be, could be working in nonprofits, um, uh, other organizations, departments where they work towards diversity and inclusion, yeah. and that could be twenty plus experience years. Yeah. But just because I couldn't get a higher education degree, a bachelor's, a master's, or a doctorate, I cannot able to apply for positions and feel and feel like I'm going to be a strong candidate. Yeah, mm -hmm. And this is something we're looking at a lot at, at Western. We have a search advocate program where mm -hmm. we're all learning to just really, truly look at what is required for this position. Um, is it necessary or is it just desirable? For right. Some reason? And another thing on job descriptions is if somebody comes from a slightly different background, but it the, the wording is such that it's so white male oriented, oh goodness, you know, yes. like we're looking for a ninja or we're looking for somebody <laughs> super competitive. It's like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to, you know, like that environment. Yes. It sounds aggressive and ugh, I don't want to do that. Uh, so that's another thing. That How do we create like where, where our bike park person can look at it and say, yeah, I can see myself here. I can, mm -hmm. I can, I see my future with this company or this. 
Right, and that's and, and personally, that's sometimes where it, it strikes me where I don't apply for some positions. Yeah. You know, when I'm reading it, I'm like, ooh, I don't know what this means. You know, when they're like, yeah. especially when it's like a big word that means determination, pretty much. Uh, like, you know, you need to have Excel understanding of so-so when I'm like, oh, I just need to know spreadsheets. You know, well, <laughs> the thing is, too, so I do a lot of research on this, and um, white men will apply for a job if they meet 60% of the qualifications. Wow. Whereas women and BIPOC folks will like, if I'm not 100% and exceeding yep. requirements, I don't even think I'm going to have a chance. But, you know, some of that is internal and not That's just external. You it know, is. I studied like uh, re- uh, classism a lot and there's a lot of internal classism. I'm not good enough. I, I'm an imposter. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I belong here. Right. And, um, but when you kind of get up beyond that and you start to, you know, like a, like I always think, think about Oprah, who's just like, you know, if I'm somewhere, I just always believe I'm meant to be there mm-hmm. and I just never feel like I shouldn't be there or I don't belong. Like that doesn't even, I, I'm, I don't even allow myself to think that way. Right. And I know there are people I've met, um, women, BIPOC folks who, who are so unabashedly, authentic and just who they are and and you just accept them you know and and, but that's all that's like an awesome quality to have right where you can just own it oh and i think that's that's where we fail in that kind of uh, professional world work work world is that we have such cookie cut images yeah authenticity 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 yeah that's a big word for me. I know. <laughs> wow. um you know it's not there anymore you know and that's the tough part because we want we want something new in the workforce we want something better mm-hmm. if we are stuck in the same old same old you know the same old like image the, you know we get the same person pretty much you know someone can work there for 20 years and we hire someone and they're pretty much the same person mm-hmm. yeah. there's no change there's no right. There's no wanting of professional growth There's, as a company, as a department, as anything. There's no Because well, then we it. have to change, and that's so uncomfortable. We don't <sighs> know. What, can we just That's bad news for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like for BIPOC communities, change is always right. constant. Oh. Yeah. And that's where, you know, that's where we kind of fall suit. You mm-hmm. know, we don't want to change. We don't want, you know, oh, no, I don't want a, I don't want this BIPOC individual who has great experience, comes to Harvard, blah, 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 you know. Because they're gonna change it up, and I'm gonna hate it. Yeah. Yeah. But Why? the change is good, though. Or you know, I mean, depending on what they want to do, it, it could be it could betterment of the company. It could do so much more. Mm-hmm. But because they don't want to accept the fact that change is gonna be coming around the corner, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's tough. Yeah. I think about so on LinkedIn from my past career, I'm connected with a lot of HR professionals and people who are in positions of you know, as hiring managers or in charge of that type of action. And it's interesting because, yeah, over the past, especially few years, you see a lot more of these topics coming up and getting posted and there are articles about it and companies are talking about changing their policies as far as, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion goes. And I think, you know, you hear a lot of that and you, and I always wonder, you know, like, okay, you're changing policies, but that's, you know, like how, what kind of change is that? actually making right. like are are you like you're forcing this but is there are the people you know are people changing like right. are they changing yeah. their mind about how they look at these sort of things and i if i were to guess i would say that 
it's probably not as much as it seems like it, but I I'm optimistic in the way that I think just talking about these types of things and having these types of studies and these types of discussions where you bring the sun and you put it on the table that little by little things are going to start to incrementally get better and better. So. Well, this has been great. Thank you, Devin. Thank you for coming by. It was, it was a great conversation and I, um, and I, I sincerely hope that we can continue that. And, and, um, and, and I, I want students to bring up to us, you know, questions of, I, we don't, we don't like, like we're, we have a company coming next week that is a little bit controversial and, and a student mm-hmm. reached out to us and I'm like, I'm glad they do. I'm glad you're paying attention. I'm glad you're holding us accountable. Um, so I appreciate that. I appreciate you coming to us and talking to us about stuff. Yeah, to all our listeners out there, all you know, four of you, <laughs> we, uh, we love feedback. So if you have feedback, if you have any sort of notes, you know, I mean, hopefully you know where our office is, but we're in the Warner University Center on the bottom floor by the piano, room 119. Stop by anytime. Come talk to us. Devin's office is right next door. He talks to us all the time. <laughs> Students yeah. pop in. We encourage it. And yeah. we want to have these discussions. And, and hopefully this is something that we can continue talking about. For and sure, I yeah. could yeah. see us having more podcasts that branch off of this one. So, yeah. 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 A, little, a little shameless plug, but yes, my office is next to ours. Um, <laughs> yes. But, you know, as the uh, vice president for the Associate of Students of Western Oregon University, I, you know, I would love to hear student voices. I love to, you know, hear more and what we want. And I can tell you now, you know, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of changes. I've already seen some. Yeah. Um, which is because of change of administration and change of so much leadership that there's going to be some positive change coming soon. So I'm really excited. So, yeah. And well, maybe we'll have you back to <laughs> talk a little bit more about that because I'm really ex- curious. And, oh. and, of course, I know some of them myself, but, you know, there's, there's I agree. There's a lot coming. Changes in the air. I want to yeah. give Devin a shout out because we talk yes. about life design and two of the main components being talking to people and trying things. And not just saying this because you're our first <laughs> guest today, but you you really do. You talk to people. I mean, you are out Thank there you. talking to people <laughs> constantly. I mean, students like I, everyone knows you. I mean, you're you're really active in this community. And Thank you. That's what, like, we need students like you in those kind of positions, so. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying, you know, as my last year here, so I might as well leave with a bang, am I right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I agree. Well, thank I you, agree. Devin. Thank you. We appreciate it having you. It's been a pleasure. Signing off. Signing off. Bye.